Yo guys, welcome back to part two of this uh, podcast. This is our most important records of our lifetime or something to that effect. I can't remember what I've decided to call the title. It'll be something along those lines. Um, If you haven't listened to part one, what are you doing? Go and listen to part one because this is part two. We are just pretty much going to kick off where we left off on part one. Um... Uh, obviously, just to mention, the Patreon link is down below, and Andy's just getting paid for his anti-drinking, stop drinking for charities down below as well, so go and check those out, and check out our social medias. Apart from that, let's crack on with number 10 to 1, and hopefully this won't take two and a half hours like the last one did, because <laughs> <laughs> I need to fucking eat. Um, right, so I'll start with my number 10. It's really weird. But this is number 10, because this is the album that started the whole obsession with rock music. It is Green Day's American Idiot. Now, I really struggled where to put this record. Because this was the first record I wrote down, because it has to be in there. Because without your source point, no, this whole thing's irrelevant. So I went slap bang in the middle, because although it is a fantastic record... And they are a fantastic band. Um, I don't listen to this album half as much as I used to, anything like that. I've moved well away from what they do nowadays, as we've discussed many times on the podcast, how much their sound has changed and they've created whatever that last album was. Um, yeah, so, but this record, obviously, incredibly important to me because without this record, I wouldn't be, I would still be sat here talking about music and, and things like that it's just things may have been different we may have been talking about post malone rather than fucking mastodon or something do you know what i mean but uh yeah how do you guys feel about green day's american idiot if at all it's it's all right it's i love green day well we phrase that i loved green day up until this album. There's some really good songs on there. You know, in fact, uh, American Idiot was actually the first song I learned on bass. Mm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a good album, but if I'm, if I'm honest, everything that came before it was a lot better and everything that came after it was a lot worse. So for me, it's like, uh, it almost has like a lot to answer for in a way. That's it. It's a good album. There's some really good songs in there. It's Wake Me Up on September and Jesus Suburbia, uh, American Idiot, obviously, um, Holiday, um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, fucking brilliant album. It's just my issue is is this, is, is where it where it went after, and it, that almost sort of sours the taste for me for that album because I just sort of feel that everything leading up to it was amazing, and then everything afterwards. Actually, there was a couple of songs of 21st Century Breakdown that I didn't mind, but it just feels like that was like a point where it went and they're no longer my band anymore, and that's where it sort of fell off for me. Yeah, for complete clarity, I was gonna. It was a toss up between this album. Uh, Insomniac, which is my favourite, and Dookie. Um, but I thought it'd be disingenuous not to put in American Idiot because it is the one that started, and that's why it's number ten. So, uh, what are you saying, Reese, about this? Because obviously you're a younger person, younger listener, and things. So, American Idiot. Um, majority of the songs on it were songs that me and my mates would sing on rugby trips, mm. um, like Boulevard, Broken Dreams, always that brought out. American Idiot always brought out, and it's kind of the songs I kind of grew up listening to because they were always on the radio, so I always used to hear, hear them all. So yeah. I, 
I haven't actually gone through Green Day's albums and listened to them properly, but I've heard most of it through like well, just knowing them because I've grown up. I think if you start it, so. if you start American Indian and work your way backwards, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't go um, far wrong that way. <laughs> but but yeah, no, just just it's an album of really catchy stuff. But I can see where Andy's coming from. It's like it's basically where they hit the peak. And then after that, it's where they they hit such a peak that they had to come down then because the music industry got hold of them. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing they were they were a weird. I mean, like you know, I, I'm I used to be a self obsessed Green Day nerd, like, and I've studied the band. And I know a lot about them, so I've gone for ages. But I'm not going to. But um, like at that point, they were in commercial dire straits. They were really in the gutter in terms of where they were with their career. And then, obviously, everything that happened around the U.S. political situation in America and everything else, they inspired them to write this politically charged punk record, obviously, that became American Idiot. And then that just catapulted them so far into the stratosphere. I don't think they've ever really found their feet prior to that. And they don't really know where they land because they've released, as part of their side projects, um, Fox Drew Hot Tubs, which is a fantastic record. Um, the Network they've put out, which is another great record. Um, and there was one that um, Billy Joe done, I can't think what it's called off the top of my head, um, The Long Shot, which basically sounds like old school Green Day, which is fucking wonderful. And it's like, you've got these stuff in your locker, why are you not shitting out? But I think they second-guess themselves and they've become, you know, this massive stadium rock band but in the same way that you two are a massive stadium rock band they're great but also it's a bit boring isn't it you know like you at least at least with someone like muse for example who are again a stadium rock band they throw it out there and make it weird and make it different and they keep people guessing whereas green day i just think of just fresh out of ideas yeah so predictable. I yeah i don't I don't love them anymore, but I don't loathe them. That's why they're dead center for this record. What was your number 10? My number 10 is the coolest band on the planet. Uh, it is the year I was born, the 2002 album Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. Yes, lad. Yes, um, yes, yes. I love this album. I don't know what. I just love the way it flows. Uh, between each song like it's basically like flicking through a radio station and like with a bit of static and stuff and it sounds like they're going on I think the whole story behind it is they're going on a a road trip through the desert basically Mm. and it's like loads of different American like you know your typical American radio shows and it's all like linking into all the songs and stuff and every song on it is just so good and the opening you, you, you think you ain't worth a dollar but I feel like a millionaire is so good and like the the distorted vocals on that into no one knows is so fucking good like <laughs> so good that i could listen to it a hundred times and not get bored a thousand times not get a million times and not get bored but yeah no i normally i put it on work because it's just so it passes the time and i never get bored of, of listening to it yeah it's it's just, it's just the fucking thing as we, if you are an OG listener of the podcast, you'll know that we've done our World Cup of Rock 
um, and they won the World Cup of Rock. And we will be doing the World Cup of Rock again uh, at some point in the future because obviously we've got Andy on board now as well. So we want we want an extra voice uh, in that. We'll we'll make sure we do it properly this time, eh, Reese? We won't just try <laughs> we'll just try and wing it on the. Uh, but yeah, oh. we, we've said before, Queen's Stone Age, just the coolest band in rock, just effortlessly cool, you know. I think the only band that can hold a candle to them being that cool is Clutch, to be fair. But um, yeah, just so cool. What are you saying about Queens, Andy? Uh, they're good. I like them. I, I don't like. I haven't really listened to any of their albums like a lot or a lot of the way through. But like, you know, I I I I'll happily see them live if they were playing like near me or something. I'd I'd happily go and see them. Um, yeah, they're a good band. I've I, I have nothing bad to say about them. I think you know I can. I'm on board, you know, like this album as well is probably, if I would listen to one of their albums, it would be this one because it does have like their biggest songs. It's the biggest, like, well, obviously the, obviously the, the quintessential Queens of the same age uh, sound, I think. But yeah, good band. Fair. What is your number 10? So I would actually go and say that this was the coolest band. Okay. <laughs> on the list uh and it's this is this is uh an amazing album it's the real thing by faith no more mm, okay um basically faith no more are one of my favorite bands and actually this is the one album out of all of them i just looked at that i haven't actually paid money for i've just never listened to it on spotify but i've never actually like, owned it properly um i mean put, for me to try and put a faith no more album in 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 this really was, was it was probably the hardest one because there could have been like loads that could have played that was either king for a day even the song victor's the latest album was fucking amazing but the reason i went with uh this one because it had like the biggest collection of my favorite songs so it opens up with from out of nowhere which is one of my favorite songs of all time uh then it goes to epic which is the one that everybody knows then you go to falling to pieces uh, which again, it's a fucking amazing song. Uh, and then um, you've got uh, Zombie Eaters, which is brilliant. You've got the real thing, which is again, it's just, it's just they're so cool. Like if you, if you see them, if you see them live. No, I, I will confess, I know very, very little about Faith No More. Right. Okay. If you, to, if you want to, if you want to uh, understand where I'm coming from when I say how cool Faith No More are. Watch their download. Tw- the whole thing's on YouTube. Downloads 2009 uh, set. Their headline set of download because this this was actually what got me. Into- Obviously, like everyone knows the song "Epic" um, and their cover of "Easy," uh, but if you actually go on and watch the uh, the, vi- the live video of them playing at download right from the start. Now, bear in mind this was their first gig back after a quite a long break. I think they did like one small gig. And like Mike Patton, the the lead singer is. If it wasn't for Devin Townsend, I would say he had probably my favourite voice in rock. Uh, he can just hit all the notes. He can scream. He can sing. He can croon. He's just he's just a cool motherfucker. He's he's just the coolest guy, uh, and he's mental as well. <laughs> you know, he's like he's proper crazy. And like you know, if you sort of think about what Faith No More looked like in your head, you sort of think about the eighties sort of thing. But if you actually watch them now, like when they played Download Twenty Fifteen, I think it was. Yeah, um, they had like a all white stage, and they were all wearing white tuxes, white suits, and stuff. And they had loads of flowers on the stage, and it was just like the, the coolest thing ever. Um, 
Yeah, they're a band that are like a lot of uh, people, like on the fringes of, of rock and like, like rock and stuff, they just think of the word, the song epic, and I think that's it. But what they don't realise is that uh, Faithfully More were probably one of the start, first bands to actually start with uh, to bring new metal. You could obviously first it was like probably like uh, Aerosmith meeting up with Run DMC, which is actually the first that Mel did those. But Faith No More, one of the first bands to actually have that as their actual sound, have that like rap metal in there. And like, I think a lot of people don't realise how much they have in there, in their music. Like, so if I could, I've always said that if there was, if I had gone to my head and I had to listen to one band for the rest of my life, it would be Faith No More, purely because they're so diverse in everything they do. I'll never be bored with what I'm listening to. So yeah, for me, it's it's such a good album. They're one of my favourite bands. They're amazing live. The, I've seen them live twice. So I mean, they played um, British Summertime at Hyde Park when uh, Sabbath played it, mm. and that day was it was Soulfly, Motorhead, Faith No More, Soundgarden, Black Sabbath. Yeah, <laughs> that was the. Right. I remember seeing that tour in the Kerrang and thinking, I remember oh my that. god. And like, I remember watching it, like I was watching Faith No More and I was just um, like tunnel vision. I was just like, the only other time this has to happen is when I see uh, Pearl Jam at Hyde Park and I was just like, I was just transfixed on them. Uh, yeah, they're a fantastic band. Like I said, all of their albums are brilliant. But the reason I, put, I just put the real thing in because I had to put a, an album in. <laughs> and, like, Faith no, uh, and the real thing was probably the one that like probably had the most of my favourite songs on. But if you just listen to a great hits and you listen to their sound over the uh, over the years and how they've really matured and they're like sound like uh, yeah how how their sound has changed but also stayed like the same in terms of their it's, it's difficult to say this because they're so different yeah uh, Faith and More are a fucking amazing band this is an amazing album I, I love them I genuinely love them they're, they are fucking brilliant and like I said check out the uh, download uh, set because they, they literally open up with uh, Reunited and then they go into the real thing, I think. And it's just a, it's just like a party. And they're all wearing suits. You know, they've got like all got suits on. They've all got tuxes on. You know, Mike Patton comes out with a fucking cane and he's sort of acting like he's uh, he's like a bit sort of old or something like that. And he just sort of like, just he just croons into the microphone there, uh, the song Reunited. And it's just like, ah. Oh. Chef's kiss, as uh, as Reese would say, it's, it's <laughs> amazing. I, in fact, out of all the bands, this is probably the one I probably talk about the longest. <laughs> I know you guys haven't really said much because I just kept on talking. Yeah, fucking love Faith No More. I fucking love this album. Yeah, there's there's certain like albums and bands that like words don't actually express how much. Like, there's not words that can actually describe how you feel because you have to speak about it for hours so you all you can say is uh, uh they're great they're, <laughs> and it's, but it just yeah um but jade would actually be um be witness to this last night uh i was playing epic um on youtube and i was thinking Do you know i've not actually heard anything else apart from this song because it just gets played on the radio all the time like and i need to actually listen to more of this so that's quite a Frequencies. So yeah, no. Apart from Epic, really, the best really thing, honestly, I got into them via because I never, I never thought of that. I never thought they were a headline-sized band. And like, when they played Download, I thought, how the fuck are that band like that one-hit wonder? What a dick! How how are they headlining uh, Download? 
and then like when you watch it i'm genuinely and i, I i'm not talking to the guys listening i'm talking to matt and reese i'm yeah. sending you the link now after this is done just watch at least the first three songs and you'll see what i mean about how good they are uh yeah fantastic bands and like i said they they tick all the boxes so good i feel out of breath after like that I just feel like, oh. <laughs> okay I'll... it's like when we did the top uh 10 albums of last year and i was like i want to go away and listen to like lamb of god and uh code orange just like oh, i'm gonna listen to uh, faithfully more now okay it's, anyway. <laughs> um, my number nine number nine my number nine so andy has just oh, be careful what you say matt be careful what you say <laughs> Andy has just expressed his love for one artist, and I'm going to just display my love for another. She's already been on one list today, and it is Billie Eilish um, at number nine, which is... I said it was... Before I started, this was controversial, because she is really high up on my list, but she is, like, pop done perfectly. And I absolutely am full on rabbit hole down obsessed with Billie Eilish right now. Like any interview on YouTube, I've watched it. Any live performance, I've uh, literally I've completely fallen head over heels in love with her music. Um, and I really liked it when I first heard it, and I was like, "This is good. This is really solid." You know, and Bad Guy is such a fucking bop. Like and I will post. On my, <laughs> I will post on social media. I done a a when that first came out. I done a joke parody meme on that. So obviously you know how the song goes, and it says um, and she goes ah, and there's a clip of me going. I'm really really fucking hammered at a festival. And I'm like I'm so fucking. <laughs> and then she just goes duh. I post on my social media and like. It, but then again, like you know, she does the Bond theme, which I think is fucking beautiful. Um, and the new song is so wicked as well. Like it's so minimalist, but yet so tongue in cheek and kind of like I I gotta be careful what I say because she's so young. But like it's kind of like weirdly I don't know like it's a weirdly kind of like flirty the way she sings and like it's sort of like like you know the girl next door kind of thing is so fucking good i absolutely love her success um it's the new one um uh, the new one she's put out um i'm not your friend or anything I do. it's oh, it's such a tune and like seeing her live on television and things like there's like a bit where they done um this song and she's like constantly walking but she's walking around the set and like Phineas keeps changing positions. Like so one minute he's like he's playing the bass guitar and it's all shot like one single shot. And then the next one he's like playing the drums and stuff. And it's so wicked how it's done. I fucking love this record. I fucking love her. I think she's an absolutely brilliant pop star. Yeah, I know Andy, you've already mentioned your, yeah. your two piece on it. But um yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, like another way to quickly just to sort of bite into what you said about how you love her and stuff, like obviously like in a musical sense. Have you seen Love Actually? No. Yes. I have. Yeah. Alright, okay. So Reese you know the bit where um, um Emma Thompson uh, and Alan Rickman are like deciding what they're they're chatting about, something they're listening to, um 
oh, artists. He's like, who are you listening to? She's like, oh, I listen to. What she's called now, and she goes, "I love her. I love her so much." And you like, you know, it's um, Nicola says the same about Billie Eilish. She goes, "That's how Billie Eilish makes me feel." She goes, "Like that sort of thing that she makes. She t- she teaches Nicola how to feel." <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when we listen to music, we listen to anything. Nicola would be like, oh, "Can we put a bit of Billie on?" It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I say so I've already gone in. Like, to be fair, I do quite a lot. It's like she's like most, next to Creeper, probably the person I mentioned the most in this thing, but. For a reason, she's uh, yeah, she's fantastic. I say if you if you go on to uh, um, my... Van- Vanity Fair and just watch any of her interviews on there, fucking brilliant. She's so switched on as well. I absolutely love it. Sorry, it's good. And she's a fan of The Office. Quickly put that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my number nine is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've gone with another cool band or. The, the lead singer likes to think he's a bit cooler than he is. But <laughs> I love their music because it is my childhood, and that is Arctic Monkeys with AM. Um, just an album full of bangers. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's not much else to say about it, but like, such cool songs, really well written album. Um, probably not my favourite album by them, but it's the one I've grew up with. Um, it's the one that was always on the radio. It's the one that all my, me and my mates would sing together. Um, yeah, no. Just, am I am I right in thinking that are... song where he's having a cigarette on the front cover? No, that's whatever people no. say. I am. It's not. That's not what I'm. That, 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 not. <laughs> whatever people say, I am. That, that's what I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's my favourite. <laughs> um, but no, AM's the one with Are You Mind? Do you want to know Arabella? Um, uh, I want to be yours. Why do you only call me when you're high? Which Miley Cyrus did an amazing cover of. Um, but yeah, no. So, so he thinks he's a, he's a bit of a dickhead, I think. But <laughs> but the songs are really cool. Like the way they're written, they're just so slick, and I guess <laughs> sexy in a way because they're just so like yeah, they just it sounds so effortlessly good. Um, yeah, I think they have to be in this list just because my love of indie, and they are probably are the best and biggest indie band. Mm. If you're kind of talking about that new resurgence of of indie in, in the in the early two thousand, what two thousand four onwards. Yeah, I I agree. It's uh, like the thing is like the song "I Bet You Look Good on a Dance Floor." I mean, if oh. if I think back to when I used to go out clubbing uh, when Reese was three years old. <laughs> when this album came out um this that was it was like that and um oh, kaiser chiefs you know i put it to riot and uh, every day i love you less and less it was that those three songs were on all the time in in the clubs and then it was just like yeah it's fantastic yeah I, I i i you know i'm not like a big fan of if at all but like i said that Music was very much the start of mine and Nicola's relationship. It was we, me and Nicola got together in two thousand and six, and that was everywhere. And like we had a CD, the Enemy CD, uh, and it was like gold fronted, and it had like had loads of this sort of music on. We used to play Scrabble, <laughs> this new relationship together. We used to play Scrabble and listen to this Enemy CD over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's um, uh, it's awesome. It's it's so good. Yeah. So I, I this is the sort of indie music that I really enjoy. Yeah, another another um, album that nearly made it into my list. Um, I'm actually annoyed that I'm, uh, maybe I should have put it in. Was um, 
Employment uh, by Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, probably my, my only uh, album of by theirs I like. What a bloody album! Like, there's so many good songs in that. But yeah, I yeah. prefer that one as like, a mineral, uh, honorable mention. <laughs> what, are, what are you feeling towards Arctic Monkeys, Matt? Um, I bet you look on the dance floor's a tune. Um, it's about it, to be honest. I haven't really gone in on them. It's one of those bands where, you know, they're fine. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've said this before on the podcast, and I probably should get over my own prejudice a little bit, but it's it's the people they attract that puts me off them. It's the Dark Fruits Twitter, the Bucket Festival hair and wet wearing wankers that, that put me off. I mean, but, um, you know... They they probably are a good band. I should probably listen to them to be fair. But yeah, I do like a couple of their songs. I like a couple of the hits. So but, yeah, is it mine? Yeah. Uh, no, and these. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so my number, my number nine is uh, Slipknot. Most Slipknot. <laughs> so it just shows that like, the difference in the rate is. Um, Slipknot album was the latest one I mind the very first one but um, yeah I mean to be fair again it could have been any of the first three and probably We Are Not Your Kind that could have gone in uh, but the reason why I think I put Slipknot, Slipknot in is because I'll never forget sitting out, uh, around my mate's house and he had like this really sort of wide range of like, he was like he wanted to be a DJ <clears throat> and stuff and he went he goes to me he goes right Look at this! He gave me this album. It was the front. It was Slipknot. And I was like, and he was telling me all about how they wear masks, and there's like nine of them, and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And I don't actually remember listening to it uh, at that point. I just remember him telling me about them. I'll never forget that front cover. And I was like, you know, it's quite scary. Skip forward a lot, a lot of years when I was listening to stuff like Motley Crue and all the glam sort of shit. Um, I hated Slipknot. <laughs> They, I thought they were crap. I thought I'm not listening to that stuff where they scream. I was like that dickhead uh, until I met Nicola and actually started listening to it properly. And I was uh, again. The thing is, is, like when you're younger and you're sort of like, you know, all your friends sort of like push you one way and stuff like that. You sometimes you. Like, I'm not gonna say I hate a Slipknot. That's not the case. It's that I thought I hated Slipknot because people I was around hated Slipknot. But yeah, I was I was so wrong, and they are like one of the best bands ever. They are like genuinely like a band that like I'll never not be happy seeing live. You know, I don't cry often at gigs. That's not true. I do cry. <laughs> the first time I really sort of cried at a gig was when Slipknot played. Like the year got announced for download in 2013. It was originally meant to be Pearl Jam, and it was this massive slip up where Vodafone put out a poster saying Pearl Jam were headlining. And that's actually how I got into Pearl Jam was because I went, oh, listen to Pearl Jam and actually see what uh, see what they're about. But I was upset that Slipknot weren't playing. And then the actual announcement came and it was Slipknot. And I was trying to text my mate saying how it was Slipknot and I was shaking because I was so excited about having them play. Um, yeah, so the first album is the best because it's got like the best songs overall. You've got like Wait and Bleed on there. You've got um, Sick, which is fucking... That that run of sick eyeless wait and bleed surfacing spin it out. You don't get much better than that. <laughs> I think eyeless. I think eyeless is probably my. Was it spin it out? One of those two are like my favourite Slipknot songs. Eyeless is brilliant. Um, 
you've also got yeah you've got uh Tatan and Tor, which I actually really like liberate uh but yeah it's, like you said that first bit um uh, from not the the what is the barcode from the album from the first album which um it's the whole thing I think is sick uh that's from an interview to with uh someone I think is a victim from a Marilyn from uh Marilyn Manson Charles Manson it's an interview with a Charles Manson victim and she sort of says the whole thing I think is sick and they sampled it and then like and I think that's like you know the whole thing I think is sick the whole thing I think is sick and it goes over and it just goes into the song sick uh, and it's like and then the bit where he goes here comes the pain and it's like yeah and it just goes into it and again it's got like you know it's got sampling it's got like you know obviously the scratching and stuff like that it's just so good like spit it out as well I was really upset they didn't play it on the last tour and I always sort of thought Spit It Out was like the staple Spit Not Song live. You have to have like that because like, if you just see Slip Not Live and you don't do Jump the Fuck Up, then something's wrong. And the fact they didn't play it on the last album, on the last show, which even more now, because it is obviously uh, one of the last gigs I've ever been to over a year ago now. Yeah, it's a bit upsetting that like they, I didn't get to do that, but you know, they had to drop some songs, I guess. But yeah, um, Slip Not by Slip Not, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite albums. I love that. Right. You know, I won't go too much into it because I'll be forever. <laughs> I was just say you say about uh, crying um, gigs and stuff. I remember when I watched it. Not it was um, I cried at Duality, and it was just like like my first ever proper Slipknot song and big metal song. And I was like, bring me back to the time I first found it. It's like I'm now standing in a field with all these people who all think the same. As me, yeah. you know, all kept part of this like this tight knit family, and not in the words of Corey Taylor, as you say. <laughs> the thing is, I will say I love Slipknot, as I said, but my, the only thing is with them live, I could probably recite all the banter between songs now. Yeah, that's the only thing. It's like you know, I'll start it and you finish it. You know, I push my fingers into my, and then everyone sings it. It's awesome when you're there at the time. It's like this is so cool. There's one of those things I've seen Slipknot so many fucking times now. It's like I have heard this quite a few times now. Uh, that's my only sort of thing about it. But you know, at the end of the day, the songs are amazing. I love it when they play Iris Live. I don't know why. It's something about that song that really just makes me scream it. I scream that fucking song at the top of my voice. I fucking love the song Iris. Um, yeah, Wait and Bleed is the, the song that actually made me sit down when, like I said, when Nicola. Uh, and it was also like knowing that Jerry Jordan was in Murder Dolls as well. They're like, wait and bleed, Nicola went, right, fucking sit down and listen to this. I went, oh, yeah, that is quite good, isn't it, actually? Mm -hmm. And then, like, <laughs> I was fully in, like, a twat. I can't believe it. I was so stupid for not giving them a chance because my mates weren't uh, in on them. But, yeah, really good band. Cool. So, my number, I don't know what number now, number eight. Um, I had a real hard time my number eight. Um because there's two records I want to put in, and obviously I can only put one in. So I'm going to just really, really quickly throw out an honourable mention that missed out on my number eight spot, being The Satanist by Behemoth, because it's just the perfect black metal record. Um, but in its place, I stuck in my favourite, probably one of my favourite thrash metal records of all time, and I've gone with Machine Heads, The Blackening, because to my ears, it is a fucking perfect metal record. Um, I am the biggest Machine Head fanboy 
Um, I will defend Rob Flynn and his questionable decisions he's made in the last couple of years pretty pretty highly, to be fair, because when they've hit their highs in the past, they have smashed them. Um, the blackening is perfection, in my opinion. Um, songs like Aesthetics of Hate and Halo. Are just, well, Halo on its own is a whole fucking conversation on its own. But... Um, Aesthetics of Hate was the first song that I heard off this record. Um, and if you don't know about Aesthetics of Hate, um, Aesthetics of Hate was a song that was written in retaliation um, to an article that was written um, by a guy called William Grimm. Um, he put on uh, a website, a blog post, Aesthetics of Hate, ROP, uh, Dimebag and Good Riddance. And he basically slated Dimebag Daryl of Pantera, saying how he was a uh, useless um, guitarist and how basically he deserved to get shot, basically, and die on stage. And obviously, Rob Flynn, being a massive fan of Pantera and you know, a friend of um, of Dimebag, didn't take too kindly to this and wrote a song um, in retaliation to it. And it's probably one of the most aggressive thrash metal songs you know and there's a bit at the towards the end of the breakdown where rob flynn literally just goes may the hand of god strike them down and it just goes he sounds so menacing on that song um and yeah just the fact uh clenching their fists of descent being like nearly 11 minutes of pure thrash metal joy um yeah, Halo is amazing. But what makes me laugh is Halo. Everyone cites people have cited Halo as being a song like uh, for couples and saying, "Oh, it's our song." Like that. If you actually listen to the lyrics about of Halo, it's uh, Rob Flynn um, discussing the horrible shit that the Catholic Church get up to. And it's like, it's this really weird juxtaposition. People go, oh, this is a song. We love this song. This is our song. And it's like, have you uh, listened to the lyrics, guys? Because it's, uh, it's pretty bad. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah, obviously, Machine Head have stopped playing festivals. They stopped playing festivals around 2009. Rob Flynn basically turned around and said, we don't want to play for 45 minutes and have to get like shunting all our shit around. Like, It's just not worth it for them. So they decided to do uh, what they called their evening withs. Uh, and I've been to three of their concerts with evening withs. So basically they play for nearly three hours, no support bands. And if you're a fan of Machine Head, it is the most fucking fun you'll have at a show. I went, um, It was they had they played a show the day before my 24th birthday. And I survived four songs in the mosh pit. And then decided to fuck off to the bar, and I got shit-faced drunk. And it was the best fucking time. Um, yeah, Machine Head, The Blackening, the best fucking thrash record of the 2000s, in my opinion. What are you guys saying? They're brilliant. I love Machine Head. Yes. <laughs> I, I really like... I don't think we've ever like, spoken about it, so I'm glad. I was, I, I was going gonna, I, I gonna to say, I, I think I should get my side out quickly. I've not really missed listened to much, to be honest. So I'm not really in a position to give an opinion. Do yourself a favour and get the blackening on as soon as this is done. <laughs> oh, 
or do yourself another favour and get them burning red on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah burning red amazing as well. I'll be honest, like, the thing is, like, uh, during the, obviously, like, when I was, like, discovering Linkin Park, there was also other, like, sort of that sort of genre of new metal, which also had Soil, also had a song called Halo, uh, and also Spine Shank, and all those sort of bands. But, like, that's what I loved about uh, Machine Head back then, is obviously, from this day, is, is that sort of, like, new metal song, like, from that time when, like, you see, like, Rob Flynn, and, like, if you look at Rob Flynn back then looking like fucking Tommy Lee <laughs> back in the 90s, and then Rob Flynn now, uh, it's, like, head and shoulders, like, so different. I mean, it's not as, like, different as Pantera, uh, going from Glam to to what they did, but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, they're a really good band, you know. I I, I know that a lot of people didn't like, uh, is it Unto the Locust? See, I really like didn't like that yeah. album, I really didn't. It's weird because they did the blackening. Until I mean, the, the locust was kind of disregarded, and then they put out uh, an album called Bloodstone and Diamonds, which is as good as the blackening or uh, through the Ashes of Empire, which is fucking great. But it just no one cared, and then they put out Catharsis. And yeah, kind of went a bit downhill from there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, uh, I, I like Machine Head. You know, I'm not going to say they're my favourite band by any sort of stretch. You know, but um, yeah, good band. Do you know? Do you know what I want to do when we when we can all get together and we can all not have this bullshit coronavirus? We're gonna go. We're gonna go down to the borough, find a metal club if there is such a thing, or if not, we'll do it at yours. Get absolutely shit faced. <laughs> order a Palmo. Get absolutely shit faced. Go to the DJ, and we will not leave that club until they play the blood, sweat, the tears. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> just so I can sing the blood, sweat, the beers. <laughs> what a fucking yeah! Dog. You got uh, Middlesbrough Empire, so that one. Uh... Sick. Sword. Yeah. Okay, what is right. your next pick? So number. It's your next pick. No, it's not. No, never mind. It's mine, isn't it? Uh, my number eight is What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. Um, here, is, here just, comes the indie kid. Uh, there's not... <laughs> huh? I said, here comes the indie kid. Like, I couldn't not put it in. Like, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the, the songs and the album that's followed me throughout my life like it's like i said about being in the 90s you know that you know I, i'd be arrested if i didn't put jagged little pill in there like the same if you say you like indie and you don't put this album in there you'll be arrested yeah exactly like <laughs> wonder wall probably it's be up to the top five biggest songs from well maybe uh, would you say that in the world ever like wonder wall is sung like at every corner of the globe like it's such a big song. <laughs> um, and then just the, the rest of the album, like Don't Look Back in Anger, Roll With It, uh, She's Electric, which is the highlight of my album. I love that song. Uh, Morning Glory, the, uh, it's just, it's just such, it's it, like, it just set up a whole wave of, of, of new bands and, and, and people who got influenced by it. Like, still people growing up being, being influenced by it. And saying that their main influence in music is Oasis, and this album really has tested has tested time. Um, and the two Gallagher's, both of them, still massively like any anything they do, they 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 leave the country. There's a news story about it. Like the, the, the 
they do. They just, yeah, I, I love them. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not a bad song on that album. No, in my opinion, it's so. It, the thing is, it's like it very nearly made my top twenty. So close to making it, but it did have to come out, and it's like it's fantastic for me. My highlight is uh, actually the end of it. It's actually Champagne Supernova. Yeah, because to me, I mean, to be fair, they're all like this for the most part. Like obviously, that Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, um, Champagne Supernova. It's one of those where it's the last song of the night in a club. You're all hammered. You've all got your arms around your mates. You know, you just say like singing, like you know, someday yeah. you will find. Uh, it's yeah, it's a fucking brilliant album. And I was like, my dad, uh, my, my real dad, he. Uh, he loved Oasis, and I remember when I was going to stay around to his house, and he'd wake me up at like fucking eight o'clock in the morning, blaring this uh, album out, and like it was just like that sort of memory in my head, you know. So it's one of those where I feel it was so close to making it in, but it didn't in the end. But yeah, it's uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's such a good album. I just want to I just want to ask our American listeners or our non-British listeners, should I say? Um, do you guys get emotional when Wonderwall comes on, or is it purely just us Brits? Because I'm convinced it's just us. <laughs> but I want to know if, if you like, because it's just it's one of those things. It's um, yeah, Oasis obviously just a fantastic um band artist. Um, yeah, you, you either love them or you loathe them, and if you're British, you kind of institutionally have to love them because they're just yeah, you can't. Yeah, it, I think this is. I think Reese hit the nail on the head and he said, you know, if any if any of those two brothers do anything at all, mm. they're trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's yeah. any other band really that could do that. <laughs> did, did you guys see what Liam Gallagher was doing during the uh, the height of the pandemic? Wait, I think I did be able to taking the the classic Oasis songs and just changing the lyrics. So it's like. Wash your hands, rub your toes, <laughs> pick your ass, and lick. <laughs> 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 How's that going? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he says. He says it's, it's fucking hilarious. And then, and he changes some champagne supernova into supernova. <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Is it you next? Yep. So my number eight is. I always say, you know, if there's one one album that I always say you should go away and listen to, out of this lot, it's this one, and it's Uppers, Uppers and Downers by the AOs. Okay. Have any of you two heard of them? Nope. Okay, so basically it's a band, the um, head up by Danny, uh, we'll call him Danny Wildheart. He's, uh, he's actually, he's in the Wild Hearts now. He was in the Wild Hearts uh, years ago, and then he left for a bit, and he like did like a couple of like side things, but he did this uh, band. He only had one album out called Uppers and Downers. Um, and it is amazing. It's honestly, it's like the summer album. Like Nicholas says, it's like an album where, you know, you literally put this album on and every song is just fun and happy. And it's like, you know, there's not, not like happy as such, but it's so light and there's nothing like you know there's nothing nasty in it or anything like that it's just like a nice happy song so like for example like you know if you look at the track listing you've got like uh time of your life head over heels sunshine girl uh you know keeping on keeping on and it's all about like you know it's just like a really sort of happy sort of uh rock music you know and it's you know some brilliant songs like head over heels 
is again one of my favorite songs like usually if i'm at uh when i get to download uh, I, we go to uh barbecue or like a, a get together for all the people who are on the forums and like there's a dj there and they always say like get your requests in and like we always get like one request station that i always request head over heels by the aos um they're an ultimate summer band as soon as the sun goes hello like in march you know, as soon as it, i'm like right all the windows open. I'm going to start spring cleaning. I'm going to fucking stick the uh, yo-yos on. Um, if you like bands like Little Hearts and stuff like that, there's no reason why you won't like the yo-yos. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favourite albums. I almost got to see them live in 2014 when they were playing down the road from Hyde Park the same time that uh, Black Sabbath were playing at Hyde Park. And they were doing like a late gig and it started at 11 in Camden. And I was saying to my mate at the time, I was like, right, we're going to, uh, after this gig, I'm going to fuck off. Like, bear in mind, I've never been to London on my own before, like in the middle of London. And I was like, I'm going to get like a train or a taxi because I've got to go to Camden the Barfly <laughs> from Hyde Park and go to this band. And unfortunately, uh, I got quite drunk and was quite, uh, yeah, quite ill. And I ended up not going back to, uh, to, um, to, to see the band, unfortunately. The reason why I sort of hesitate there, so I know Matt said at some point, spoiler alert, we're going to do an, uh, a podcast on the most embarrassing moments. Okay. And something happened later on that night that was quite, quite embarrassing. And I won't go to it now, but it was really, it was funny. It's not like embarrassing, but I've got no issues saying it. It was just something that happened. Uh, so, oh, um, what's but, his, uh, yeah, what's his yeah. on the fishing trip on Gavin and Stacey? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not that bad. It's just like uh, it's just a bit of mis- uh, go to the wrong room at a youth hostel. That's all it was. But it's, yeah. it's a bit more. Time. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the yo-yos, uppers and downers. Give it a listen. Like seriously, it's there's not a bad song on it. It's really happy music and everything. Again, I always sort of say this: if you listen, to, if we get enough people listen to these fuckers, I come back. I like the Wild Hearts. He's in, uh, he is in the Wild Hearts at the moment, but. Um, yeah, we call for, uh, for this. Danny McCormick, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, awesome band. Awesome stuff. Okay, so I'm going to... Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. I keep bringing the mood down. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> my uh, my number seven is Architect, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. For one simple <laughs> reason. Because it's so fucking bleak. It's such a bleak record, but it's such an important record. Um, I'm I'm not going to go too ham on Architects because a lot of people will be sick to death of me talking about them. But um, this album was predominantly written by Tom Searle, uh, who is the guitarist of uh, Architects. Um, and Tom Searle uh, sadly died in 2016 of cancer. And he was only 28 and he was the predominantly uh, songwriter for Architects, um, and the lyrics obviously reflected what he was going through at the time, and uh, hence why it makes it such a bleak fucking listening experience, um, but it is such a, a powerful and emotive piece of art, in my opinion. Um uh, the song Metamore is, I think it's the last song on the album. Um, Architects have never played it live. They've teased it many times. They play the intro, but they've never played it live. Um, and there's a song on there um, called Gone With The Wind, 
which is basically, you know, about his cancer and him passing over to the other side. And it's just the bleakest fucking thing. But that being said, there's obviously different angles in there as well. There's, um, you know, political angles and things like that. Um, and one of my favourite memories, if you like, of seeing Architects on this tour was seeing him play um, Leeds Fest. And they played just before, uh, just after, sorry, uh, We Are The In Crowd, who are an American pop-punk female-fronted band. And they played just after Stormzy, or Stormzy, not Stormzy, um, uh, Giggs, sorry, the rapper Giggs was meant to play directly after them. So they were well not placed to be on the main stage at Running in Leeds. Um, so you had the loads of pop-punk kids who were there for We Are The In Crowd, and they were like, oh, this is great. And there was loads of kids there waiting for gigs to come on. And what they got greeted with was Architects on absolute fire form, uh, opening with um, Nihilist, which has the lyrics of, um, we are beggars, yeah, we are so fucking weak. Once a time we had the world at our feet, but now we're begging. Yeah, I can't how it goes. Anyway, it's basically fucking bleak as hell. Um, yeah, and there's a bit on my, on my vlog where um, I get into the mosh pit and there's a lyric that I absolutely love of this record. He said, um, I found God clutching a razor blade. He said, look at the fucking mess we made. And I'm just like, it's so nihilistic and so just like horrible, but I fucking love it. And the guitar tone on this record gives me a stiffy every time I listen to it. It's fucking great. Um, <laughs> they've subsequently gone on to write um, the album Holy Hell, which is not as bleak, but just as good. And they're now going to be releasing their new album, which we'll probably talk about on the podcast, I imagine. Um, and they've released a couple of songs, including the song Animals, which sounds like Metallica, but put for a fucking you know, metal, proper metal um, filter. I say metal as in Metallica art metal. They literally invented metal, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this album, if at all? Uh, I think I've mentioned before that I've, I've kind of listened to early, um, well, not early, but I've listened to Deftones, uh, not Deftones, what am I about? Uh, Architects before. Um, and I've not really kind of got it or really mm. kind of got hooked by it. Um, and I've said that the newer stuff is more down my street. Um, so, Sick. yeah, I haven't, I haven't given the album a listen. You should. It's well worth your time. Andy? I know you're not... Yeah, the I'll say it's uh, oh, fucking brilliant. I'll say, uh, yeah, they're, they're really good at what they do. You know, it's like they're a band that I like, you know, dip in and out of. You know, if they're playing at a festival, I'll see them live quite happily. Um, yeah, they're a good band. I've got, I've got nothing bad to say about them at all. It's, uh, yeah, they're, you know, they really are really good. They're completely and So I'm more of a Parkway Drive fan than Architects. Uh, but, you know, it's again one of those, I, I won't argue with anyone who says, you know, that they are their favourite band, if I'm honest. Shit, I've just realised I've forgotten about Parkway Drive. Oh, lads, I've forgotten about Parkway Drive. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, sake. Oh, shit. Anyway, um, I'm not changing it now. We're at number seven. So, yeah, my next album is Parkway Drive. <laughs> yeah, where's your uh, number seven? <laughs> it's Reese's turn. Is it Reese's uh, okay, So, 
So my number seven is Joy as an Act of Resistance by Idols. We. Um, so I've come to terms that this is the only... Oh, eh. The, the new... <laughs> I've come to terms that this is the best thing they've done and they will not top it. Um, <laughs> the new album is shit. Uh, <laughs> Um, but the, this 2018 album, Joy as an Act of Resistance, really opened my eyes to um, how we can combat um, <coughs> different political issues that we face in the UK with racism and stuff like that. That's like embedded in our culture in the best way. With, as in the title says, Joy as an Act of Resistance. And basically, it's just one big, like marching army of just like stand with me and I, I completely get behind it um, and also alongside that the songs get you on your feet like Never Fight a Man with a Perm is funny <laughs> it's like if you look into the lyrics it's actually it's actually like you can understand where they're coming from um, it's like on about like uh, Don't Fight Scousers No it's all about like <laughs> That's a that's a nineties reference. Anyone who's like watch Harry Enfield know what I'm talking about. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah, so, yeah, that felt flat. <laughs> so the, the, never fight a man with a poem is about like <laughs> like roid heads basically who go to the gym um, and think they're hard and they just they just take the piss out of them in this song and it's a really funny and really good song. Um, Danny Nadelko on the, on the same album. Is such a good way of tackling um, the, the problems we have in this country of, of immigrants, and he's talking about how like um, people like idolise Freddie Mercury. Um, isn't isn't that like the one? Isn't that the, the one where he? Love Queen. Isn't that the one where he's basically like, "My brother is an immigrant." Is that the one? Am I thinking that's a song? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And he basically, and Danny Nadelko is a is a frontman from a a band he's friends with. But he basically uses him as like this, like a figurehead of all um, uh, uh, immigrants and stuff. And basically, basically says, why don't we just treat everyone as if they are brothers and sisters, mm. like just love everyone basically in the best kind of way. And I love that it doesn't just stay in that attitude. Like it, it takes a really really dark turn with the song June, which upon listening to, I was in bits. Like, it is such a sad song. I can't um, listen to it. It's about the, the passing of... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's horrendous. Like, um, it's about um, a stillborn baby he has, I think. I think it's a stillborn. Um, yeah. And the, the, the lyrics, um, baby shoes for sale, never worn, never used. And it's just, like, hits really, like... Yeah, it's, and the way he sings it, um, you can just hear in his voice. I think he, he took one take at it, he nailed it, and just said, there we go, it's going in the album in the middle of it. And then what I think is genius is from that, he he takes that song where it's such a low point where he's basically saying that, like, because in, in the song June, he also talks about how um, it's hard being a father, um, because you, it's quite a big thing for a man to decide he wants children. Um, 
a lot of women are, are like brought up in, the, in our kind of culture to, to to know to want to bear children for but for a lot of men that can be a quite a big step and then it kind of takes on a turn in the next song of toxic masculinity and the first line is uh, man up sit down and it's just like fucking hell like proper kicks you the balls you have your defenses down feeling sympathy for this guy and then as soon as because they, they obviously know it's going to hit you and you're going to probably be crying instantly says man up sit down and basically places all these words that are said down the pub to men <coughs> um socks up don't cry and they they basically then the second half of the album is, is tackling like toxic masculinity and people basically just putting others down um and then they towards again towards the end of the album again they change it towards tackling uh brexit in quite a funny way um uh, but yeah this out al- this album will always be the best thing they've ever done and it's probably had the most political influence of any band on me. Um, yeah. But as for their other stuff, a bit shit. <laughs> I was going to say, but their I, new album, I, I, uh, don't, I don't think yeah. there's been a band in in at least my recent history that I can remember that has been as polarising as Idols. Like, you cannot sit on the fence with this band. You either fucking love them or you fucking hate them, and like it's such a it's <laughs> like because the one the one thing I think, including us as a podcast, the one thing that I would hate for people to have is indifference. Because if you can't even if you can't get someone to emote uh, an emotion with you, you've not done anything. Like if if someone tells us they hate our podcast, I'm happy because I'm like at least we've got an emotion out of you. We've made you feel something. But if they go, I don't, I don't care. Like, I feel not. Do you know what I mean? So, like, in that respect, they're really... Yeah. It's, it's, you know... As I said, um, June is easily up there with Daddy uh, off the first Corn record. Can't listen to it. It's, <laughs> it's just fucking horrible. You know, and I get it's an important subject yeah. matter, but, like, I, I just can't do it, man. It's too much. You know, but... um. I, I like this record for what it's worth. I think it's a good record. Um, uh, would they, if they had stuck as a one-hit wonder uh, in terms of album, like I think they'd have been much more revered than what they currently are. You know. Yeah. But that's just you know the way the music industry is, isn't it? You know, you have one absolutely massive hit, and then they expect you to churn out that again and again and again. So, but fair. I like the first album, the second album not so much. Bit like Reese. Andy? I'm not quite. Oh, what were you saying? Sorry, I, I thought you said something about Reese then. No, no, no I just I feel the same as Reese. Oh, right. I thought you said what you're saying, Reese. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you fine. keep cutting out on my side now. You're fine, you're right, dude. No worries. Uh, I'll be honest, I've, I've never actually listened to anything they've done, if I'm honest. I might have heard one or two songs, but uh, I'll be honest, Reese has sold that to me now. I'm, I think I will definitely give that a listen because it sounds. Uh, Reese sold it in a way that obviously it, sa- it sounds like it deserves to be listened to, so I'll give it that respect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, in another, so my next album, this is one that uh, we. Me and my both want uh, Reese to listen to as part of uh, his education, <laughs> and it is Meliora by Ghost. <laughs> uh, more specifically, uh, the deluxe 
two disc edition for a reason. Uh, and that reason is Square Hammer. Um, Ghost are, again, one of my favourite bands. I think at this point, like a lot of the albums in the top in t- between 20 and 11, I think were albums that are in there because they are important. Yeah. We're at the point now where I'm like, these are fucking brilliant. You know, these are the, these are the, I haven't even had to pick. This is like, oh, this is the best album, but I'll put this one in because of this, because of this. From this point onwards, in fact, I actually think from um, the AOs onwards, I've gone, right, these are these are my favourite albums. Uh, and yeah, Meliora is fucking brilliant. It was probably one that was actually, at the time, it was one that was actually, uh, I had a lot of uh, criticism around it for some reason. I don't know why. But like a lot of their songs, even though it being one of their, it's not their newest album, but the newest album is obviously uh, Prequel. This one came out just uh, before it. However, if you look at the... Uh, the set list, the set list, sorry, the um, the track list. These are like classics already. Like you've got he is uh, from the pinnacle to the pit, Sirius, which is actually my alarm to wake me up every day. So every morning I wake up to do 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 do. You know, you said like Square Hammer, which is probably which is their best song they've ever written, and it's also one of the best songs ever ever written it's like it's such a fucking tune in fact they opened with it when i first saw them live in like manchester quite a few years ago now and it literally came out and it was like again one of the best songs they've made uh they've done yeah it's it's a brilliant i mean like the thing is it's like goes to one of the bands that i'm going to talk about loads over the years on this on this podcast so uh it's one of those where it's like you know like much of the creeper one like goes to a band that like I know we're going to be talking about a lot more this year. Hopefully, if the album comes out, you know, like uh, what are you saying, Matt? So much, much like the the Creeper podcast, we're going to do when when the Ghost album drops, we are going to do a whole revisiting Ghost as a whole because it's yeah, they're just such an important band. Sorry, Reese. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> The thing is, it's like for me, like earlier on today, like literally, like well, uh, earlier on, I sent uh, you guys a link to uh, the um, to Rolling Stones uh, song they covered, and he's just like, "That sounds like too much like a musical. I can't get in on this. It's like it's a Rolling Stones cover." But that obviously shows, like, obviously, I can understand why people might not, might not like Ghost because when I first saw them, when you first look at them, you're like, "These guys have got to be like satanic metal or some black metal, death metal." And then you listen to them, and it's just like it's completely the opposite of what you would expect. And their songs are so um, like catchy, like you can literally listen to the first ten seconds of any of their songs. You're right, just this one. It's pinnacle to a pit. It's wrapped. It's dance for carp. You know, you can just go straight in there, and it's like it's brilliant. Like if I wasn't the same uh, second album that would come close would be uh, pretty cool uh, because it is fucking brilliant, and it's just catchier. Uh, but I feel like. This was the one that was setting up prequel, cool, but I feel like the songs are a bit more have a bit more sort of story to them, I think, for me. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the main reason uh, I've had to say the deluxe edition because uh, Square Hammer is not on the normal edition, which is insane to think that uh, Square Hammer, one of the best songs ever written, is actually on disc the bonus disc two. It's mental because that song is fucking amazing. Um, yeah, he is as well. The video for he is is brilliant. It's almost like like a I don't know. He's like playing like a, a cult leader uh, with lots of uh, large 
chested women and like he's baptizing them and stuff and like everyone's worshiping him and he's like it's so fucking tongue-in-cheek like comedy it's like yeah it's it's it's, it's so funny like, again i know we'll do this again one day like him live they're just so funny uh yeah Meliorev is, is a fucking brilliant album and it's uh, it's the one that actually got me into Ghost properly. I was always a fan of Ghost. I liked Ghost, but I'd never actually... This was the album where I was like, right, these are one of my favourite bands, for sure. Yeah, just a fucking brilliant band. Um, yeah, I, I love everything that they've put out, especially Meliorev is really, really great. Just, yeah, just a fucking great band, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Any to add, Reese? Nothing. I, I I'm just gonna. I can't wait for my education. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hold off on listening to them now until we do some sort of podcast with a of a new album out, so I can kind of give my full mm. opinion. Fair. Okay. So now now we are really into the fun zone. This is what I call my fun zone. We are. Um. Number six <laughs> is the self-titled album. By Avenged Sevenfold because this album is wall to wall banger central. There is not an ounce of fat on this record, there's not a single note out of place. It is perfection. From the intro gothic kind of organ note to the beginning of critical acclaim to the subtle guitars of Dear God at the end. And the shit in the middle is mental, you know. Like, imagine writing a song as good as Afterlife, then on the same record, writing a song like A Little Piece of Heaven, you know. Like, it's just amazing. Um, It's the album that actually got me into Iron Maiden, weirdly enough. So, Iron Maiden have always been a band that I've always known about because of Krang and, and Scars and all the rest of it. Um... But I got a uh, CD of Free With Kerrang that was um, metal, uh, <coughs> loads of metal bands doing covers of Iron Maiden and Event Tenfold done a cover of Flash of the Blade. Um, listened to that song, thought, oh, I'll check out the original Flash of the Blade by Iron Maiden and then <coughs> it's just history for Iron Maiden. But um, Event Sevenfold, Event Sevenfold is just fucking perfect. I- I just realised, is this the first band on the list that have, we've had two albums by them? Mm. Slipknot. Oh, Slipknot. Well, well. Mm. apart from Slipknot, I think that just shows how that well how big Avenged Sevenfold should be. Like, mm-hmm. the way we, we, we all like them and they don't have... Do they have a bad album? Probably not. Well, according to Matt. <laughs> no, 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 come on, that's not fair. I never said it was a bad album, I just said it's not my favourite <laughs> Um, no, they don't have a bad album. I mean, How to the King is a, a, a cheap Metallica ripoff. I mean, that's me being really harsh because I love Metallica and I love it. it you are right, it. but you know, yeah, that that's me being super critical of him. But yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, Avenged Sevenfold is amazing, and it's you know, again, it was it was again my friend Matt who. Uh, done me a copy of CD and was like, give this a play, pal. I like this one. And yeah, the rest is history with that band. So, thoughts on that album? So, oh. Yeah, it's, 
I can't really sort of say much more. I just want to quickly let everyone know again that A Little Piece of Heaven's one of the best songs ever written. That's about it, really. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking good. Yeah, no, it's so good. That's uh, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's one of those where I think eventually the fold, much like Ghost, is going to be one of those bands that we're going to talk about a lot over the uh, years. So it's, it's, we can say everything like then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cool. Yeah, definitely. What was your number six in? So, Matt said that Rage Against the Machine had the best debut album. Yeah, uh, it, it's mm. it's appetite for, it's appetite for destruction by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no argument. Yeah, they're on par <laughs> with each other. I don't need to say too much <laughs> about this album. They're not on par. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to say. It's the first ever CD I bought um, of any album. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't need to. I can just read out the the, the songs that, on this album, and that I wouldn't have to say anything else. I think like, "Appetite for Destruction" speaks for, for a itself. debut album. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, like, I, what else can I say? <laughs> There's nothing. Like, wow, yeah. <laughs> Andy, you're number six. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> the thing is, it's like it's like Reese is right by sort of saying it like that because it is like there's there's not much you can say about it that hasn't already been said. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's brilliant. You know, it's I, I agree. It's like it's probably one of the best uh, debut albums of all. Like I said, it's not like one that I would say was in my obviously it's not in my top twenty, but. It's much like, you know, like, say, like, uh, Back in Black is, like, the best, like, comeback album from a band. You know, it's, like, again, it's just, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And, it, like, you know, um, when I saw Guns N' Roses live at uh, Download 20, whenever, 18, was it they played? Yeah. You know, that's something I've been waiting for for years. And, like, you know, I would just quickly say that Mr. Brownstone is probably, like, the best uh, song on there. And it's, like, probably one of the least uh, mentioned, but that's not it, really. I think my Michelle's the best. Oh yeah, that's really yeah. You can't argue with it. To be fair, no, you, you can you can make a case for any song album. <laughs> I really like Highway to Hell. It's my favorite album so... of that record. <laughs> <laughs> Delivery big, oh, right. Delivery. Um, my... Yeah, you Okay, so my number six is uh, Sleeping With Ghosts by Placebo. Uh, it's a fourth album, uh, and it's, uh, yeah. I, I Placebo, again, one of my favourite bands. Um, I first, I, I think I've said this before, when the first time I discovered Placebo was, uh, I was watching, I don't know, like, Kerrang! or something, and it had the video for Pure Morning. I remember watching it, like, going, like, really enjoying it. Then I saw a video for Nancy Boy, and again, I was like, who's this is he a guy? Is he a girl? Like, it was like, you know, it was like one of those things where it was like, who is it? But I was so mesmerised by the video and, like, the, his singing voice was, like, amazing. I was just like, yeah, I, I'm on board with this. But back then, you couldn't just, like, you couldn't use Shazam and say, or, like, you know, Alexa or something. You couldn't say, oh, who's this? You know, you have to, like, you know, so it was just gone. You know, you couldn't rewind TV back then on Paul's TV, or at least we could, like, from the things. So it was just like, yep, yeah, that's, it's, that's just what it is. It's like, I've got no choice but to crack on until uh this album came out and like the bitter end was on like all the brain uh, all the music channels and like the song the bitter end is like 
a fantastic song. And like I remember listening to it later. So I got Sleeping With Ghosts. This took a million times over. And then I got uh, Without You I'm Nothing. I think that was their second album. Um, just quickly have a look now. Yeah, Without You I'm Nothing. And then I had Pure Morning on it. I was like, fuck, that's the band with the guy walking down the building. And then I got Placebo, which had Nancy Boy on. And Black Market Music, which has some awesome songs on. But Sleeping With Ghosts is like the one that got me into Placebo. It's one of my favourite bands of all time. Uh, and yeah, it's just fantastic. Like, there's, again, it's not even a bad song. on even the instrumental, uh, Bulletproof Cupid, at the start of it. It's fantastic. You've got uh, this picture, a uh, really, uh, really good song. Um, Second Sight is probably, next to Bitter End, Second Sight is probably my favourite, second favourite song on there. Uh, yeah, it's just, I just, it's one of those where like everyone's out the house, you know, it's, it's summer. I've got all the windows, all the doors open. This is blasting and I am singing it, not giving a shit who can hear me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic album. Like placebo, like when I actually finally got to see him live a couple of years ago, uh, I was not disappointed at all. It was, uh, it was literally the day after I saw Alter Bridge in the same place and I left Alter Bridge like halfway through because we were boring as fuck. Uh, it really, really went to see Gajira and Volby anyway, to be fair. So we got halfway through Alter Bridge and went home and I was like, oh. so we're going to come back here tomorrow at Leeds Arena to see uh, Placebo and like, it's the first time I've actually been to a gig on my own stood up, Nick McKelsey. So like Matt said earlier on about like, a lot of gigs wouldn't let you stand up if you were under 14. And Kelsey was like 13 at the time. She had to sit. So I went, I'm not fucking sitting for these. I've got to stand. I have to stand for them. So yeah, I went, um, yeah, it was the best, like, and they did that thing, you know, the thing where they get like one opening band and the opening band are nice enough to play like five songs and fuck off. And then like, you know, the other band, they give you like the 20 minutes to go for a quick win and then they're on and there's no messing about. They did that and it was like, they played for fucking ages and it was just the best, it was the best gig. Nice. Who's is it me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my num my number five is it me next? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My number five again is a self-titled record. Um, it came out in 1970, and it is Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. Um, this album. Um, everyone has their I remember where I was moments I don't have that with this album but this is the first piece of music that I remember hearing as a child because Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath the song itself is utterly terrifying I remember I was probably about four or five years old and just hearing that, what is this that stands before me? Like, do you know what I mean? Hearing that as a, as a four-year-old yeah. being like, what is this? And then obviously time passed and I was like, kept hearing this song. And I was like, what is this song? Uh, and my dad was like, oh, it's Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. And he gave me, he gave me the seat and... Yeah, forget about it. Um, Black Sabbath, The Wizard, Behind a Wall of Sleep, N.I.B. for fuck's sake, Evil Woman, Sleeping Village, and Warning. You, you know, N.I.B. is just the 
ultimate fucking song, you know? Just that use of quiet and loud dynamic bass at the start is just so funky, and then it goes like into basically nothing, so you can't hear it, and then just just like just yeah, like you've both got smiles on your faces just by me doing an impression. On you. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It says so much. Um, yeah. yeah, no need to really go into much detail about this record. It's just fucking wonderful, isn't it? It's not actually my favourite Sabbath record, though, but it is wonderful records. I think if I had to be pushed, I think yeah. my favourite would either be Volume 4 or it would be Master of Reality. But yeah, it's a fucking brilliant record. See, I think mine is Master of Reality, but yeah, it's it. Yeah, you can't really argue the first, like, the first the Aussie era, the first Aussie era of yeah. Sabbath at all. It's pretty wonderful. Yep. What is your number five? So my number five is a bit of a different one. It is probably the first the first time I ever said, oh, I, I think music's kind of my thing. And I like music. Before that, it was like music was just something that was on in the background that people listened to in the car. Like, um, and that is Eminem with the Marshall, the Marshall Mathers LP2, um, which I got for, for my birthday, which contains, like, I wouldn't listen to it now, but it's just fond memories. It has Rap God on it, you know, Berserk, uh, Survival, which I, uh, I know every hell. word to. Fucking hell, Reese coming out with the big guns. Watch out. <laughs> Breaking out Eminem at this late stage. Uh, the Monster, Eminem and Rihanna, uh, yeah, no. Eminem, I mean, recently, last few albums, not been so great. But he is the GOAT in terms of, of the rap game. Um, and, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. There's always else to say. Like, He's just the best at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Like, it's, yeah, the, for me, like, the first two albums, the Slim Shady and the Marshall Mathers P one. Um, uh, you know, I'm really pleased that you put Eminem in there because it's like one of those where I thought, like, I again, this is one of the ones that did. It was uh, a Slim Shady LP, no, Marshall Mathers LP was in my uh, top like 40 that I put together, and it was unfortunately one that fell out. But yeah, it's uh, I'm not a huge rap fan, but I think a lot of people will say that when it comes to Eminem because, like, again, I think it's my age as well, is that Eminem was like what all my mates are listening to when. When I was about 14, 15, it, it was Eminem. So I sort of like got into it like that. And then, uh, yeah, those first two albums are, f- are fucking brilliant. I listened to them like back to back, like about some point last year. And it was like I was purposely finding jobs around my house so I could keep on listening with my headphones on. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just listening to Eminem. And she's like, really? And it's like, yeah. She goes, you know, yeah. Brilliant, and it's like even Kelsey likes him, and like Nicola likes him, like my little nephew who's like ten, he loves him. So yeah, so there's nothing, uh, nothing wrong with that. Matt, how do you feel about Eminem? He's the fucking goat, isn't he? Like he's just the greatest of all time. Um, <laughs> he, he he was the first uh, CD I ever bought my own money. I bought the single for uh, Like Toy Soldiers. 
from Woolworths, um, and I got it swiftly taken back <laughs> because uh, there was too much swearing on it. So little did my parents know what I was going to grow up to actually listen to. But um, yeah, it's you know it's funny because he you know he was just been consistently great. Like we always say, like you know these big bands don't need to write great albums anymore. They need to write a couple of great songs to add to their live set to make them go on tour again. Um, like, for example, the Foo Fighters record. No one's expecting, you know, a, a great Foo Fighters record. We just want a couple of bangers to add to the set list. Eminem is exactly the same. I haven't loved an Eminem record in a, in a long time. But some of the, some of the stuff he has put out, a couple of tracks of the album, absolute bangers. You know, like, you don't need to you know create a whole album full of great tracks you can just do a couple and just be great he's you know and the fact that people have stepped to him you know like um machine gun kelly came out and done that diss track on him which you know was probably career suicide in terms of his rap career because what the hell did you think you were playing at you know like it's trying to stop a train with a car you know, and the train's got 100 miles an hour and you're stationary. Ain't gonna happen, son. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, to, be on- to be honest, it was actually pretty decent, but, again, he was doing it against Eminem, so whatever he did, it was just <laughs> But do you, know what, do you know what makes me laugh? It was kind of like, Eminem was just like, <laughs> lol, what? <laughs> like, he's just, like, he, you know, people, I always say to people, like, in, in life and stuff, when they say, um... Oh, you know, such and such has had a baby. Such and such has got the got a house. Such, it's like stay in your own lane. Like just focus on what you're doing, rather than everybody else. Or otherwise, you get distracted and you don't end up really doing what you want to do in life. Same thing with Eminem and yeah. uh, thingy. If he had just stayed in his lane and just not even fuck with Eminem, like he could have had a rap career, but he fucked it. Like, <laughs> yeah, Eminem's just amazing. One of the probably best, worked out so. well for him in the long run. Well, he's now, you know, trying to infiltrate rock, but, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> But, um, yeah. What is your number five? No, number four. Number five is number the four. weird... Number five. Yeah. My number five mm. is, yeah, the weird and wonderful Marmosets. Wait. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, like, again, yeah, they're... they're Marmosets are a fucking brilliant band. Uh, Becca, the, the lead singer, has an amazing voice. Like, seen her live, I've seen her live three times now. And like I said before, again, it was, I think it was on our download one. And she is like a rock star. You know, she, she knows how to handle a crowd. You know, she can, you know, she knows everything she needs to do to really entertain the crowd in terms of like the way she dances like she literally does dance like while she's like singing and she'll like mention getting to she fucking screams like the voice on her is amazing and sometimes they say that when you've had a baby like your, your voice can actually get better because it like moves shit around that's what a singing teacher told me when i used to have a singing teacher uh college uh so did performing arts uh so you know now she's had a baby hopefully when they come back with album three it's gonna be she's gonna be even fucking better but yeah, I've, I've seen him live I've seen three times, and like every time I just look at her in absolute awe at the fucking pipes on her. Like she is insanely talented, and like it's like you know the whole band set. I love the whole setup. The fact it's like two sets of uh, siblings, so you've got like uh, uh, 
two guitarists. There's a guitarist on the basis of brothers, and actually uh, one of the guitarists is actually Becca's partner, who uh, had, they've had the baby together. And then the guitarist and the drummer are both, uh, and Becca are all brother, brother and sister. So it's like a family vibe there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, again, the songs are like, are like so catchy. You know, it's like, I, I, it's like a lot of songs, even like, uh, which one is it? Is it Particle? So some songs in there where it's like, it's got even that, like a Lannis Morissette sort of vibe to it for me. Um, but yeah, it's just that, yeah, the voice on her is insane. Like to me, she's like, what is it about Mike Patton? She's like that for females, like without a doubt. Like I remember like hearing before it was on there, that's not metal. And someone asked him, you know, if you could put together your dream band, or I think it was like a Roadrunner Records like band, who would you have as the lead singer? And at the time I was thinking, well, you know, Slipknot, uh, Corey Taylor or uh, Will from Creeper, because I was being biased. Like, uh, it was B said, oh, I'll have Becca from Arbazettes. And I was like, who the fuck is this band? Because they got about them and I put on Born Young and Free. And like, you know, she sings on and then she starts like sort of screaming. And I'm like, or like, like a guttural sort of like singing. And I was like, these are good. These are very, very good. And this is the album once. Went to follow them on Facebook and saw they were playing around the corner from where I work. And I was like, right, I'm buying a ticket. Found out it was the same day I already had tickets to go see Jason Manford. So I was like, right, Nicolette, you're taking your mum to see Jason Manford. I'm going to see uh, my mum's sets by myself. And I literally finished my shift at eight o'clock, ran round to the to uh, to the Middlesbrough Empire, where the band were, just sort of sat out, chilling outside and stuff, went in, had, had a fun time. If you actually look at uh, online, if you look at... Uh, um, a video on YouTube for Young and Free. Not Young and Free. Meant to be. If you look, type in Meant to Be Marmosets Live, there's a uh, video of her playing uh, that and Particle at Middlesbrough Empire, and you can see me right in front. So I had a blue mohawk at the time. And you can see me like right at the front, like literally, because the venue's such a small venue, they don't have a didn't have a barrier. So I'm literally as close as I'm to take my arms so on the stage. Like, you know, and I'm like, literally, she stood there, like, right in front of me. Like, and she's like, belted out. I'm just like, it's amazing. It's just, like, so good. Like, you know, Marvazette's fantastic. Like, genuinely one of the best bands. And, like, you know, the talent in them. Like, the other, another band that did drop out of this uh, was a younger band. It was, like, uh, was Greta Van Fleet, and I was going to put one of their albums in. And, like, they did just come out. But there's something about, like, talent in younger people, that raw talent where you can tell there's been no real training there. It's just something they have naturally. I love that. I love it when people get to show off like their their talent. And it's like it's amazing to like see like and they're all so close as well. So it's really cool to see. So yeah, I'm all about uh all about Marmosettes. Awesome. 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 Um is your one now? Or is my one now? It's me again, isn't it? Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how long we've been going for, Matt? Just we're, for the people at home. We've been, been contrasting for like four hours now, so like four and a half hours. So I'm getting excited. <laughs> the thing is, it's like we, we, I literally finished work at three o'clock, ran downstairs, got myself a drink, came back up. I think we started recording quarter past three and it's now quarter past seven, so I think we're hitting that. <laughs> and we were going to record another podcast after this, weren't we? <laughs> that is not happening tonight, lads. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, okay, so my number. And we've got another one tomorrow. Oh, shit, that's a good point. My number four. Let's let's drive this home. Um, my number four is uh, an artist which I guarantee you guys won't have heard. 
but I bang on about it quite a lot. Um, and it's a rapper from America called Sage Francis with his album Copper Gone. Um, the reason why this album is here is because it is... Mm, the way that I describe Sage Francis is emo hip-hop. Um, all his lyrics are sort of deep and meaningful and I have two tattoos on my leg which relate to his lyrics um, and this album single-handedly changed my perception on hip-hop. Um, used to be massively into obviously Eminem and things when I was growing up. Got into rock and like got obsessed with rock and metal and was like, I can't listen to anything else. And then I um, discovered uh, Scroobius Pip, who's a British rapper, and then got into uh, Sage Francis through him. And I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And um, yeah, and then fell down the rabbit hole of uh, independent uh, hip hop, uh, American hip hop. And it's fucking great. It's a fucking perfect record, in my opinion. Um, but I couldn't put it any higher because the three that are higher than that are the most important records of my entire life. So I couldn't put it any higher. But that being said, on any other given day, it would be number one. So that is my number four. Lads. My... So do I go on to my number four? Yeah, yeah go for it. Well, I... Uh, so, my number four is 10,000 Days by Tool. There we go. <laughs> there, we there it is. There it is. Um, a lot of Tool fans would probably say Lateralis is their favourite. I think this is 100%. got to be the best. It's 100% the best. Like, it... I think Tool, like, with their, their newest album, um, they've kind of hit a wall where they've lost how catchy their songs are and what makes them good and they're just trying to be clever for the sake of being really clever musicians whereas 10,000 Days really clever written um, like Wings for Mary Part 1 and 2 is probably my favourite sequence of, of, of songs like the how it explains um, stuff to do with religion with uh, Maimon's mother um, and her, her dying of a can't remember what disease it is. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, and how they didn't help her, and they told her not to take this medication. Um, so he goes in on that, and it's the way he does it. It's so good. It's so proggy. Um, but then on the other side of that, it's followed by the pop, which is just a really catchy, kind of groovy prog song, but not prog song at the same time. Um, Vicarious, another really good song. And then right in two, towards the end of the album, um, the last proper song on the album, um, which is basically there's a YouTube, there's a video on YouTube um, of uh, someone fan created a video which goes completely with the song, and it's basically all about um, God looking, God and angels looking down on um, on Earth and wondering what the hell we're doing. But it uses the same thing to say, kind of like, what the hell are we doing? Why did we create a god? So it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, cheek in a way. Um, but yeah, no. I, Tool, Tool had to make an entrance on the list. <laughs> and this this album is just a masterpiece. Like, you, you do have to be in the mood to listen to any Tool album. Um, with uh, Maybe not uh, Undertow, but 
this one just for me it's just perfection I feel like I should give Tor more time than I do it's just like again it's like prog is always so difficult for me to like get into it's that's the only thing it's so hard although I will say to you that uh, I don't want to say that I'll say to you I'll put this to you um <laughs> I once uh, <clears throat> got a lift home with someone from work, and uh, when I got into her car, she was listening to something. I was like, oh, what's this? She's like, oh, it's tall. I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. So what I did here, like, without knowing who it was, I enjoyed it. But it's just yeah. like, I feel like with tall, again, it's like, I don't say it's like Black Peaks or Dawn compared to Peaks to Tool, but it's like the thing where I feel like they deserve more respect than I, or time that I feel like I don't have the time to give at the moment, especially in these sort of, like, this time of, like, where we are at the moment. I'm not, like, with the issue of our top, my top ten albums from last year is that I wasn't in the mood, really, to listen to stuff, new things. I wanted to listen to other albums and stuff I already already listened to before. Yeah. Or, you know, stuff that, like, new albums from artists I already knew. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's difficult to sort of get into a new band, especially one like Tool. So... But yeah, no, I understand that they're very, very important. So, yeah, that's the thing. I've I've wanted to try so hard with Tool, and I have tried so hard with Tool. And I think um, Tool are much like so quick little tidbit. I love Mastodon, right? I can never get with Crack the Sky. I just can't do it. I don't know what it is about the album, but something. Like, the light bulb hasn't switched on inside my brain. Like, and it's the same with Tool. There's a lot about Tool that I like, but the components just don't fit in the right order inside my head. Because I like a perfect circle, to be fair. So it's not like it's not like his voice or any of the musicality side of stuff. I just haven't quite... I've got all the building blocks. I just don't know how to build the house yet. Do you know what I, I mean? So what, what I would say to you is I think... Tool fans tend to, or like things you see online, they tend to push you towards listening to some of their later stuff, um, like Lateralis, 10,000 Days, um, and their newest record. But mm. their earlier stuff is definitely the entrance point. It's, it's young them, they had so much like energy and they were less proggy. So yeah. they a lot more catchy stuff and a lot more like comedic stuff, like on Enema. The song "Hooker with a Penis" is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> um, like they, they have so many songs that are just you think of them as really serious band, but they have so many songs that are just fucking hilarious. So yeah, it's all about I guess it's what you listen to, I mean, if you can kind of get hooked. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Andy, is it your go? Cool. So yeah, yeah. So uh, probably the complete opposite of. Uh, prog <laughs> in terms of very short fun songs uh, is uh, Say It Out Loud by Interrupters. Lovely stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah, Interrupters. <laughs> where do I start? I don't even know where to end like, with them. It's like, I, I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, I probably have done, but the first time I discovered the Interrupters was again, after listening to That's Not Metal, they were on about it, and I was like, right, I'll give this a listen. I listened to half of the first song uh, by my side. Uh, I ran upstairs and woke Nicola up and said, you have to listen to this. Now, 
a comedian once said that the only time you wake a woman up is if a celebrity dies or if it's been snowing. So <laughs> I woke her up, and it was like I said, it was a day off, and I like, woke her up and I said, you have to listen to this. This is how confident I was that she was going to love, love this music. I've never done this before. And I literally made her listen to it with my phone in my hand. I was like, man, listen, listen to this. And like from that point onwards, I've got like more and more obsessed with with the band. I think they are so like it's they're doing like, like one of the one of the album again that like nearly made it in the top twenty was An Outcome the Wolves, and another one was actually uh, Sing Sing Death House by the Distillers. Uh, and I, I I took them out in the end because I thought I just want like one. I prefer the interrupters too. Unfortunately, just Stillers and uh, even though I, I used to, Ramatars listened to placebo loads, I just listened to Stillers loads. With the interrupters, it's a lot more, it's a lot more pop, pop, pop ska, pop punk. It's uh, it's really difficult to sort of explain, but they, it's just it's just the funnest music. It's the same thing as uh, as Yo Yo's. It's just such fun music, like. You know, so that every time I've seen them live, I've always had an amazing time. Probably some of the best gigs I've ever been to. I've had an absolute blast. And like you said, like, you know, I've said this like, quite a few times now. After they finish a the gig, they don't walk off the side of the stage. You'll jump off the front of the stage. And they've done this one. I saw in like a little upstairs uh, room in Sheffield at the O2 Academy 2. They did it again when we saw them at New, uh, Newcastle University. And they did it again when I saw them at Leeds O2 uh, one, one year ago tomorrow, fucking <laughs> hell, it's a festival. Oh, oh wow, twenty twenty. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, and they, they said they've always just jumped off the front of the stage. And like I said, like if you watch like videos, say like, as uh, one of the when they played at Newcastle University, and you can see Amy interrupt her, like she'll, uh, you can see her, she's pointing to someone in the crowd, and she's always like. I don't think I've ever been to one of the three gigs where she hasn't like asked someone if they're okay in the crowd and like, you know, made sure that someone's got water, um, you know, and like, it's so, it's just so much fun. You know, it's like, it's just so much fun. Like, again, like I've said this a million times like, about how lucky I am that like, I've always been to the band, a band's best, uh, gig with the interrupters, you know, when they say your family, you genuinely believe it and you can see how honest and earnest and how much they genuinely like, feel it every time that people are giving them love you can see they're receiving that love and they're absolutely like taking it in and they're like yes like you know i'm so humbled by by it and it's just like yeah i, I love the interrupters so much they're like if i could say, if they said to me right you can see any band live right now who would it be i'd say the interrupters night and day it'd be the interrupters like obviously within reason because like my programmers would be another answer but in terms of like what would get me out of this this funk that we're all in at the moment in january of day 100 million and 12 of the fucking lockdown seeing the interrupters would be the thing that would just like just blast some fucking cobwebs away uh yeah fucking brilliant band. all three albums are fantastic the only one song i don't like is there's a sleep of faith on their latest album for some reason it just falls flat everything else they do is amazing like um take back the power from the first album uh is is fantastic yeah not a single bad song except for that one <laughs> yeah awesome i um, i, I love the interrupters yeah. Just gotta say. Yeah, so i love the interrupters as well so fun um so 
not to put anyone under pressure, but I have just ordered a kebab. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've had roast potatoes in the oven for about an hour now. So like, <laughs> get, get, get your parmo ready. Um, my number is it number three now? We're on. Yes. Number yeah. Three. Number three. The top three. Okay. Top three. Uh, do I want to rejig the order? No, I don't. I'm gonna leave it. Okay. Um, is single-handedly the best band in metal and rock ever. Period. It's Master of Puppets from Metallica. I I I I say no more. Like if you if you, if you can't you you cannot fuck with that band and if you do then then I we can't be friends basically. Just, I did fuck with that band. It's the, fucking, <laughs> it's the best album by the best band. Yeah, just is. <laughs> Next. Yeah. I I yeah I was so close to putting putting it in. I I just missed out. I actually took it out this morning. Yeah. Only because I th- I think um, a lot other a lot more oh, I can't even speak a lot <laughs> more other bands uh, led me to them and I I just couldn't pick an album I was just like uh, yeah but it came out but maybe I regret put, not putting it in but thank you thank you Matt for putting them in it's fine um, mate I've got your back it's all good <laughs> yeah no what an album like. Yeah, it's, kiss. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the perfect record. Um, everything about them as a band was perfect at that time. You know, the style of the album, everything about it is just great. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, I know it's a bit mainstream. I personally do prefer the Black Album, but no, that's I, like, great. I do. It's but it's, a great album. Like I said, I mean, like everything like Metallica do is really good. It's just for me. I think. I think I said. Did I say to you guys in the group chat? I said I think like. For me, Metallica are a gateway band to, you know, a lot of people get into Metallica and that's and then, then they move on from there. Like I think, like you said, like if you've heard this a few times, that Louis' first favourite band is uh, Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> but you'll find a lot of them probably would have started off with like Metallica. And like, I think that like by the time I discovered Metallica, I was already beyond that point. I think so, the, the trouble the trouble with Metallica, and this isn't a trouble for Metallica at all. But even their worst albums are still pretty fucking good. Like I, yeah. li- I listen to Saint Anger is fucking awful. <laughs> I I will defend Saint Anger. Um, I have to say, but like I listened to Death Magnetic the other day. I listened oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, it's a it's a, it's a weaker album by Metallica, but it's still a fucking good album. By anybody else's standard, it's still a fucking good album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just because I love James Hetfield, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's my problem, but yeah. What's your number three, lads? Ooh, so my number three is my ultimate indie band. It is my favourite. They are Welsh. I love them so much where I nearly debated putting... They have three albums. I nearly put all three in. <laughs> um, and that is... Catfish and the Bottle Man with The Balance. I have one question. How the hell did Tool get below Catfish and the Bottle Man for you? For for one reason, and okay. I've got the note, yeah. and it's feel good, because yeah. I cannot I cannot listen to their songs and their, any of their albums without feeling so much happiness. Like, like, just reminds me of being with friends at parties, in the car, 
and like at the beach and stuff like that. Like ultimate summer songs. They oh, there's there's, there's they got, they haven't in my opinion they've never made a bad song. Um, I've I've, da- I've downloaded and listened to every song. I love them so much and people do not give them cr- enough credit enough. Some of their riffs are well well yeah very quite actually heavy um and kind of um metal influence esque i guess um especially on the newest album yeah they're just such a good band and s- s- yeah <laughs> another <laughs> one of those ones i just i can't say anything but just i love them and yeah yeah it's they're not really like I, i'll be honest I've, I've heard of them but i've never really like actually listened to them at all but um yeah, that's yeah cool. I, I I bought I bought tickets to go see him in Swansea, and then the reason why I bought tickets to go see to to Reading was just to see them again, just because <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I love them. Cool. So my number three, I want to just do this really quickly because you know it's it's one of those really. Number three is Creeper, Eternity in Your Arms, uh, pure and simple. Reason why. Um, even though I do think that Sex Definitely Infinite Void is a better album, Tony Rams has gone in just because I've lived with it longer, basically. I don't feel like I've gotten everything out of Sex Definitely Infinite Void yet for it to actually like be in that position, whereas the Tony Rams has been around since 2017. Either way, it's been there for ages. There's no point talking much more about Creeper, is there really? Because... <laughs> I've literally recorded this with my Creeper hoodie, my Sex Stephanie Infinite Voice hoodie, because uh, I love them, as we all know. I have the long sleeve t shirt of that jumper. <laughs> all right, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I spent so much money. I've got like, I spent like 250 quid on merch for that album. I bought every, I bought all their albums in, for Sex Stephanie Infinite Void in every thing. So I did all the vinyls, the tapes, nice. CDs. So, yeah, so quite a bit of. Lockdown money went on that. <laughs> so yeah, it's one number three. Okay, my... Is it my go now? Yeah? Yeah, number two. Nearly there. My number two, I'm going to speculatively say, is potentially either Andy's number two or number one. Um, It's My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. Yeah, gonna... that's my number two, yeah. yeah awesome. <laughs> I hope that was the case. Um, <laughs> It's the... If Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen is their magnum opus, this album is their magnum opus by Michael Corrymans. It's the perfect concept record. It's the reason why Creeper exists and why Creeper are brilliant. It's the reason why AFI are so fucking great. Just the perfect band. Just a wonderful band. So many memories listening to this to this album. And Three Cheers as well. I'm gonna throw that in there because I couldn't not. Just amazing. Andy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are... Uh, yeah, there's, like, there's no word to sort of really describe uh, the Black Parade. And even, like you said, like Three Cheers, and even, like, uh, the Dangerous... Oh, what are they called? I always get this one bottom up. Danger Days. Love That's it. it. Yeah, Danger Days is realising the fabulous Killjoys. I absolutely love that album, too. Um, the first one is great as well. Yeah, I never really give that one much to listen to. I said, I bought you bullets, and now you bought me your love. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's obviously the thing is, is like when I again, like this is the one that like when with three cheers of Street Revenge came out 
and like, I'm like, okay, I promise you to come on the club. Like we used to like, but, but everyone sitting stood up and went on the dance floor and danced. The Black Parade, like you said, it's just, uh, it's fantastic. And like, if you actually listen to like the songs, obviously the, th- they said the theme behind it's like horrible. Like the song Cancer, it's so difficult for me to actually listen to that song and actually listen to the words and not get choked up and sort of actually really think about obviously what it's all about and like it's obviously being sung from the perspective of the person who has cancer and who is dying and it's just like it's absolutely heartbreaking um but yeah they've also got like an awesome like there's a really cool like uh end of the uh album song that they do after a while you know the secret track is yeah. blood and it's like one of those give a blood blood Gardens of the stuff. Yeah, it's quality. <laughs> um, awesome. But then you've also got something like Teenagers. Teenagers is like is a song that could have been on there. Three Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously then there is the song, Oh, I Don't Love You. I'm just going to track this now. It's just so good. But then there's a the song, Welcome to the Black Parade. And I put that song in the same uh, category as I would do with uh, um, Raps in A Little Piece of Heaven. You know, it's like, I think it's... Uh, it's, it's an absolute, it's my favourite song of all time, Welcome to Black Parade. Like, there's a lot of songs I say, this is one of my favourite songs, this is one of my favourite songs. Welcome to Black Parade is my favourite song uh, of all time. It's it's just yeah, so, so... The thing as well, like, it's such a really great, polished rock record, right? But the bit in Mama, when it goes, Mama, let's go so heavy. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's like a fucking, you know, and... I will always back uh, the sharpest lives, and I will always back sleep. Sleep is literally yeah. with that um, the bit like to, in the middle when there's like piano, and there's the guy talking. And he's talking about like seeing things in his dreams, like these people he loves dying and stuff. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Thank you. I've been told my food's here, so. <laughs> I'll carry on talking about my chemical romance. Yeah, that's and all about Reese's relationship with my chemical romance because like you're not a bigger fan of them, are you? I was gonna just say no comment. <laughs> yeah, no. I find it. Go on. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I just, it's a, maybe it's. I, I can't put my finger on it. Why I don't? Maybe it's the, his voice. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, just like for me, like it's they're a band that like I bought all their albums without actually realizing I bought them. And it was like, okay, I've got their albums. I'm thinking, I've never actually listened to these properly. I've any odd one or two songs. I've actually listened to them. I was like, yeah, these are one of my favourite bands. And it's like, obviously when I got tickets to see them, I think again, that was a year ago today when I actually got tickets to see them last year. And that, that concert was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't mind Welcome to the Back Parade. Um, if it comes on, I'll sing along. Yeah. Because uh, I think most people would sing along. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, apart... There are other stuff. I just, I don't know. Maybe there'll come a time where I'll listen to it and I'll go, do you know what? Yeah, I do like this or yeah. something like that. But yeah. for the time being, it's just, it's not something that I, I want to invest time in just because I, I've, I've listened to a few bits and it's just like, it's not up my street. Yeah, I think there'll be a point where, like, like, like with ghosts and stuff, there'll be a point where you're gonna have to because obviously, like, hopefully, we'll be seeing them live and have to chat about them then <laughs> yeah. in, in depth. But. uh 
Yeah, no, it's, I'll be honest, like, a lot of them are, I can sort of, like, with Ghosts, for example, I can understand why people might, but, like, with my couple of romance, it really is raised to me glasses. Like, with every band, I can sort of say, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. My couple of romance is the one band I sort of go, I don't get weight. <laughs> you know, but, you know, fair enough. Right. Okay. This is going to be the most unorthodox way to finish this podcast. Hang on, Reese hasn't given this number to you, has he? Fuck it. I'm just going to quit really quickly. I'm going to throw my number one. Because I know neither of you got massive opinions on them, so it's fine. I can just throw it out there, and then I'll let you two continue, and I'm going to eat my food. <laughs> uh, my number one is Enter Shikari by Enter Shikari. Um, because without them, like, I just doubt my favourite band of all time ever. So, yeah. Basically, what I'm going to do now, ladies and gents, is I'm going to let these two <laughs> ramble on and finish the podcast. You can do the end, you can do the outro. I'm still going to be here, but I'm going to turn my mic off and just sit and listen. So uh, <laughs> I will see you guys later, and I'm going to leave these two gents to uh, finish the podcast. Cool? Cool. 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 All right. I'll see you. In a... Well, we won't hang up, but yeah, I'm going to turn my mic off now. In a bizzle. So, so number two. <laughs> my, my number two is what Matt has been wearing on his shirt, and that is the amazing Pink Floyd. And it was a really 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 hard decision as to which album i was to choose um like so hard <laughs> can i <laughs> just in add the end, that's a fucking cracking shout race what what pink floyd yeah cracking shout mate right bye <laughs> <laughs> i think it's mad out of all the albums you picked for matt's wearing the t-shirt as well like he genuinely is like wearing the t-shirt yeah um so in the end i had to go for the one that is tattooed on my body, um, and that is uh, "Wish You Were Here." Um, j- I will get on to the title track because, yeah. But Pink Floyd in general, I like. Thank you, Grandad. Like, yeah, it's just amazing. And getting into the album, like "Shine On You Crazy Diamond," all the parts for such a long song. <laughs> um, <laughs> a long kind of sequence for something to be so proggy, but so catchy that you would never want to turn it off. Like so groovy and just, Oh, like the, <laughs> the tone of, of, of the, of the vocals is amazing. And then you've got welcome to the machine, which is such an underrated song and such a powerful message. It's like basically, um, well, the way I take it is, it's like a, a father saying to his son, welcome to like the world. And the yeah. way it's sung, and it's like it's such like like negative, sad tones. It's not welcome to the machine. It's like almost a sigh when he says welcome to the machine, and it it almost sounds like the way they've made it is so like industrial, like an industrial kind of thing. And you can imagine like an old kind of like English city where you're sending your like your son or daughter off to either war or to work in some sort of factory at the time. And it kind of gives you a feeling of what they must have felt at that, at that time politically and, and the way on the way of life. Yeah. And you have, and then you've got have a cigar, which is just groovy, and a really good listen. Um, and then you've got personal, personally to me, my favorite song of all time, which is wish you were here, which I don't need to say anything else about because <laughs> the words wish you were here ring so true for so many people. Uh, no more than myself. Um, it's like it's so raw. Um, 
they don't say much in the song. It's literally just um, a few little phrases around it. Like personal favorite of mine is that we're just two lost souls. So we're in a fish fishbowl year after year. Um, and it's, it has two kind of meanings. It has like the meaning of wishing someone was here when they're not. And it's the same as like wishing someone was back. So someone that's come out of your life was back with you. Um, and kind of things just going on as, as normal. And I also love in that song how like at the start, um, it's the way it's done. It's like, um, it's someone trying to play the chords to the song. And it's actually someone basically failing at doing it and then they turn it into a song. So I think it's really clever and really cool because it's a guy who listened to the radio and it's like all about the war and he's tuning it and it's like... Dun, 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 dun. And then the guy joins in afterwards which is meant to represent a kid's learning. All right, okay. Um, so yeah, no. Uh, the, the, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So I'll be honest with you, I don't have... <coughs> I literally only know one star. Pink Floyd, they do another brick in the wall, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that and money. <laughs> That's literally yeah. all I know about Pink Floyd. And really? It's like, oh, my God. And again, it's like, it's a prog thing. It's like, it's, it's, uh, I've said that, like, it said Seven Summer Seven Summer, which is uh, Iron Maiden's uh, prog album. I do, I do really like, and I'm a big fan of uh, Mastodon as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's like, it's that old sort of 70s uh, prog that I'm just, I just can't get my head around. It's nothing, like I said, it's, I'm, Again, I've said so many times, I completely understand why there's the big money. Another Brick in the Wall is amazing. It's such a good song. Uh, and I really like Money as well. But like I said, it's uh, it's one of those where I just sort of like, I just rather listen to something else. So, but, yeah. so have you listened to Comfortably Numb? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Wow. I might have done. But... Please, after this podcast has ended, <laughs> just please listen to Comfortably Numb. Literally, <laughs> that and wish you were here. Wish you were here. Is, it's quite a, it's a very sad song, but comfortably numb. It's not really a prog song, but oh, it's just, oh, it's just, oh beautiful. <laughs> uh, like I have a mate who I, I I said to listen to Pink Floyd, um, and I urged him. I was like, please listen to it all because you can you can um you can kind of fall into the trap of listening to another brick in the wall and then going, Oh, that's what they sound like. But it's, they, every song is completely different. Um, like they constantly change up the tones. Um, yeah, they, they basically innovate, innovated music to try and change to see what they could do with music formulas and stuff like that. And there's just such a clever band and yeah, I, I love them so much. <laughs> cool. I, I will definitely come and listen. I've got like mate T once we've done here. So I'll, uh, Give it a listen then. What is so, your number yeah, one? Yeah, I suppose we'll go out of order since Matt's uh, uh, disappeared. So my number one, uh, I've said this actually on the podcast quite a few times that this is my favourite album of all time. So it is Devolver by Jamie Lemon. Um, it's a really weird one, really, because like to be fair, I didn't know anything really about Jamie Lemon until um, I discovered this album. And... It's really difficult to put into words why this is my favourite album, but I think again it's the same thing as like Faith No More that every if I had to listen to just one album for the rest of my life, it would actually yeah. obviously because it's my favourite album of all time, it would be this one because again, each song is so different. Uh and like especially like the song uh like it starts off with Hard Beat 
uh, which is uh, um, it's basically a very personal sort of song in terms of like you know where Jamie's sort of saying you know I'm playing this song for you guys listening at home and it's like it's very much like you know it's, it's very much it breaks the fourth wall and it's basically a song about you know listen to my music you know hopefully you'll enjoy <laughs> it you know it's, it's pretty cool uh, and then you've got the song uh, track seven hell in a fast car which uh oh here we go bingo time when i went to the formula one <laughs> in, <laughs> in 2019 um nicola kelsey and my nephew and i were walking um in like the, the sort of fun fair sort of area they had the family area and some guys walked up to us and they're like oh hi we're uh, just from bbc radio uh and we just basically wanted to say what your name is uh you know what your name is uh where you come from and you know your your top british track so i was like so nicola was like, i'm not doing it because nicola doesn't like talking like in, in on the radio and stuff like that whereas i'm like i'll yeah. do it i'll do it so i'm happy to <laughs> obviously so i was like yeah I'm, I'm andy rutherford and i'm from Redcar, and the song i want everyone to pick uh to you to play so basically like you know using this as an intro I said, uh, is Hell in the Fast Car by Jamie Lemon. And the guy behind the guy holding the microphone went, yes, yes. He went, <laughs> and he went, he goes, here's the thing is, I walked past you guys because they're looking, they're walking around with me because I saw her wearing a Slipknot t-shirt. Nicola was wearing a Slipknot t-shirt. She goes, right, they like music. Let's go ask them. But I wasn't expecting you to come out with something like that. Uh, the reason why Hell in the Fast Car is so good is because, again, it's very self-aware in the regards to basically what he's saying there is, uh, you know, He's part of the old guards now. There's lots of music out there that's much better than me. You know, you need to embrace this new music or else the whole industry is going to die. Uh, I'll keep releasing music, and if you like it, that's good. Thank you very much. <laughs> However, you need to keep listening to this new stuff uh, because it's, uh, you know, because it's important that music keeps on living and things. It's like a really good sort of like positive like message. The video for it is mental. I mean, all of these videos are quite <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm sure get up some lyrics now to explain what I mean about this one. So it literally starts off with like every decade, a wave of new, oh, fuck off, fucking accept the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> First world problems. Every decade, a new wave of bands hit the clubs and bars, angry and hungry and young, like the sound like they come from Mars, uh, breaking their rules and precedents, making old fools irrelevant. Hey, I've got the teeth in my neck and I don't mind. So obviously he's there saying, you know, they're they're attacking me, but I'm happy for them to to carry on. And then like literally another bit is like rock and roll is all about refreshing you. Why would you do something someone else would do? Stick those records your mouth and chew, it will make you grow strong. I put my contribution in. Now I'm just food for children. I've met my murderers, shook their heads, and said, Thank you, sirs. I'm happy to be obsolete. And it's like it's it's so spot on as to what, you know where music is now, the fact that he's set in. But I'm going to say, we'll say it, like I said, still make music, but there's loads of new music so, out there and they're making me irrelevant and I'm happy for it. Is it the same as like self-deprecating humour in the sense of it's funny, but it's all... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's... I mean, the thing is, Jamie Lemon is fucking hilarious. Like, what actually drew me to was actually listen to an interview with him uh, on That's Not Metal and he was that funny that basically he actually drew me to listen to his music so I thought this guy needs my time <laughs> because he's hilarious I said it before when you go see him live 
the way he talks to the crowd is brilliant. He just like he, he's just it's just funny, and like he'll uh, he'll chat to people in the crowd, and he'll like you know um, the audience participation is always fun. And like the thing is, is he'll <coughs> blocked up um, when he plays live. It's just him and uh, the drummer. And when the first time I was in uh, Newcastle, and like, it was the he played guitar. And his guitar can switch between uh, guitar and bass, so he's actually modded it. It's the guitar he's right, having. Okay. I mean, his guitar is like fucking iconic. Like he'll have it on; it doesn't play anymore because it's like old, but he'll still have it on stage. Oh, nice! Um, but when we when we first saw him live, he, the they were tuning it up, and like some guy was like, "Oh my god, that's his guitar! That's the guitar he's played ever since he was in Ruben. And like he was like, "Oh my god!" But then <clears throat> when he played, we saw him live. He Halfway through one of the songs, there was two drum kits, and he literally put the guitar down, started drumming alongside his drummer, and then his drummer got up and started playing the guitar. Oh. And like <laughs> they switched it around halfway through the song, and then he played a few a few gigs, uh, sets on the uh, few songs on the drums, went back on the guitar, and then after he did that, he then said, "Right, that's it. It's, uh, this bit of the show is done." And it was like, oh, one more song. He goes, "No, because no. you don't want me to go yet because I've got a whole other bit." And then he did a whole acoustic thing. Oh, um, nice. Amazing. Uh, and yeah, he just, he just, as I said, I met him and he, was, he came across as really nice. Uh, yeah, I, I love, I love this album. I love Jamie Lemon. He's genuinely like, so, if you can find an interview with him, do it because he's, he's so funny and he's, you know, his music's amazing. Like you said, he's done albums since and obviously like one of his albums was like in my top 10 for last year, his EP. And then he did like a covers EP where he covered, uh, Cindy Lauper and he covered uh, Popeye Decider and stuff like that and he'll scream and he'll sing and he's like hilarious and he's like yeah he's fantastic like I said when, when we saw him live uh, the last time in Leeds he had like he played like most of the set on just a bass guitar but it was like his normal songs you know he, he does it all himself that he's so talented uh, like I, I absolutely love him I, I genuinely I'm like actually in love <laughs> he's, he's brilliant like for me he's like what Faith No More are as a band Jamie Lemon is as is an, as an artist, yeah, uh, and yeah, Devolver is is a perfect representation of everything that Jamie Lemon is, uh, and he's also like a huge like nerd as well. So that's really cool. <laughs> he looks there funny though because he's like he dresses like in Victorian era shit, so he's got like a moustache, oh, okay. he's got like moustache in his head sort of thing. He looks like weird, but yeah, he's uh, he's fucking brilliant. Because what you, you know what you said about. Um... The him pl- finishing and the asking for one more song. Yeah, there's there's a famous video of uh of of Mayor James Keenan with Tool, and <laughs> someone screams one more song and he goes, "We're not fucking Green Day. It'll take us half hour." <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of uh, J.B. Landman, the only time I've ever heard his name before, well, first of all, I. I Wait, apart from you on the podcast speaking about him, is he? I believe he did a song with Black Peaks, um, on the Statues album. How? Huh? I th- I think he did anyway. Yeah, to take the first turn. Um, right. He did. He did a song with them, but apart from that, I've never heard anything he's done. So he's definitely on a list of of people to check out. Yeah, he does like he sings like I said, he, he sings and he screams as well. Like honestly, some of his songs can be like full on like screaming, and then the next song it can be like a nice sort of like ballad. It's like his his range is is insane. 
Yeah. Shall I move on to my number one? Yes. So, my number one is from 2005. It is from the Welsh band Bullet for My Valentine, and it is the Poison <laughs> album. <laughs> the Poison album, because it does not have a bad song. It, the pace doesn't drop throughout it. I, I love it so, so much. Like, I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to say about it because it's just a perfect metal album. Um, I remember the first time I heard it, um, it was in my uncle's van. Uh, and he was like, he t- I seen him just turn the volume up and he went, check this shit out. <laughs> he just played it. And it was the intro, which is, my, in my opinion, the best intro to any album with Apoc- Apocalypta. Um, into um, her voice resides. Uh, and... Jesus Christ! When it when her voice resides comes in, I'm just like fucking hell. <laughs> and then it keeps going and going. And then my highlight of the album uh, is is the song of the end. What a, a fucking tune! Like, yeah, I I love the album from from like front to back. It's just amazing. Yeah, Tears Don't Fall is an absolutely. I love that song. I love Tears Don't Fall. But that's I'll be honest, like. But if I'm on a band I'm massively like in into really, I like them. Yeah. But it's just like, but they do have some fucking roots. Like I said, tears don't fall is an absolute. So thing. it's just yeah, t- tears don't fall. In my opinion is the worst song on the album. All right, okay. Yeah, so that's how highly I rate the rest of the album. <laughs> like I love it. I think it might be because tears uh, tears don't fall is overplayed, which just takes away from, from yeah. the song a bit. Um, but yeah, oh. Like room four oh nine, the drums on that. Whew, I love it so much. I yeah, I've actually say, seen like I've seen uh, Bullet from Valentine quite a few times now, and I've, they, I've always really enjoyed them. But it's just like I've just never had the sort of drive to actually listen to them properly. But like I said, what I have heard, I have really enjoyed. Um, I'm sure there's other songs like other than uh, Tears of I'm sure there was something they did on Temper Temper, which I really liked. See, my opinion is anything apart from. The poison and and fever mm. is <laughs> pretty shit. Gravity actually is probably my third favorite, and a lot of people hate gravity. But temper temper is my worst. It's just not. Oh it's, yeah, <laughs> song riots. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a song riots that I quite, quite liked. No, oh, right, okay. Cannot fuck with four words choke upon. Oh. Oh yeah. No, just... <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm back, everybody. I've I've had my food now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, just amazing. Like suffocating under words of sorrow. Yeah. Like more of their mel- that like really soft to start with, and when it hits, comes in. It's just like yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, hit the floor. Oh. I mean, what what I will say is, I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. Why? (laughs) You left out Metallica for Bullet for Fucking Valentine. Because it means so much to me, this album. I've listened to it so many times. I know. I winded you up. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I've gone for a prog prog album, a... Mm indie album and a metal album for my top three so awesome. 
if you have if, made uh, just, it, you've got to I'll say what you can say. I say if anyone has made it this far, then we salute you, all of you. <laughs> I was going to say, like, out of, like, if like you could pick one album out of your top twenty that you say, right, listen to this album, go away and listen to this album. Which one would it be? The Poison. Because <laughs> I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say mine is the Yo Yo. You slap us and downers. You have to listen to it. It's fantastic. Oh, oh, are you on about for someone else to go listen to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I'm going to say Wish You Were Here. Um, mainly for Andy and I think Matt, you've listened to it. Yeah, Wish You Were Here, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to say... Um, yeah, Blue October. Um, just approaching normal. That's what I'd say. So three very different picks. Cool. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm more fucked now than I was at the end of the bloody uh, drunk cast. <laughs> okay. Note to self. Never do a four hour and a half hour podcast like this again. Do you remember what I said when we do the top movies of all time? I said, let's do 20. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. We'll do 10. It's fine. <laughs> If you have made yeah. it this far, what can we what can we say to tweet in if they made it this far towards the end? A helpline of some sorts. Um, <laughs> yes, the Samaritans number is as follows. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, all, yeah. So in all seriousness, thank you guys for listening. Um, and just a quick like, I did put a post on social media. I don't like discussing the numbers and stuff publicly because it's not really appropriate, and also it's not why we do it, but. Our numbers have gone through the roof, so thank you for all the love and thank support, you. genuinely, because it's uh, all we awesome. re- all we really want is to feed you guys content, and then by giving you content, that boosts our numbers, and by boosting our numbers, we all get a chance of doing this full time, and we can leave our terrible jobs. Well, I can find <laughs> I can find a job, and these two can you know go semi retired or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> The opinions of the podcasters do not represent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so knackered. Should we end this? I know. You look knackered, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, I've been sat in this room genuinely for 12 hours today. I started work at 8. No, I mean, it was 9, so about yeah, 11 hours I've been sat in this fucking room. Dude, I don't know what my I've, family looks like. I've got a face the fury of, of saying to Jade, oh, I'm just going to go record a podcast quick. <laughs> I said to Nicola, I was like, yeah, I said, uh, put the roast potatoes in, do it around about, say, about an hour and a half. <laughs> and I was like, when I went down, when we were like halfway through, I was like, yeah, you better put them on now, but like, to maybe turn them down. So, yeah. but, yeah. Awesome. I enjoyed it. It was worth it. I enjoyed it. Cool. We will see you next time around uh, on the following Tuesday. And I'll see you boys tomorrow. In a bit of yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.